his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. You're listening to At Home in Connecticut, your guide to all aspects of daily living in Connecticut. Hosted by Bill Pierce and produced by WTIC News Talk 1080. Good morning and welcome. My guest this morning is Karen Jarmuk, who is the CEO of the uh, Connecticut Coalition Against Domestic Violence. And uh, obviously that will be our uh, subject for this morning. Karen, uh, good morning and welcome. Thanks so much for having me. And what got my attention, and, and, and domestic violence is constantly in the news, but one of the things that got my attention recently was... The uh, the average for dual arrests in this particular state in the cases of domestic violence uh, being well above the national average. Yeah, so the national average for dual arrests, I mean, yes, the national average for dual arrests is, uh, hovers around 7%. Uh, and we uh, finished up a project that was uh, a seven-month project uh, and issued a report in November um, and basically, what we learned is that Connecticut's dual arrest rate is more than double the national average in 87 out of 106 uh, entities, law enforcement entities. Uh, and there are really some very um, credible steps that can be taken to address that. Uh, and so we're looking to do that in the upcoming legislative session. In the report, did you get into it all? any of the reasons why this is the case in Connecticut? Why so many dual arrests? That's a great question. So just for the listeners to um, know what a dual arrest is, so that's when uh, law enforcement respond to a family violence uh, incident. Uh, In some cases, both parties are arrested. And uh, so what we know is that um, a a credible average for that is around 7%. Connecticut has a very high dual arrest average that hovers around 18 to 20. So what that means essentially is that victims of domestic violence are being arrested for defending themselves in some cases, and that's what we're hearing from survivors. Uh, but basically, Connecticut's mandatory arrest uh, on probable cause uh, law uh, creates some challenges for law enforcement. They're really doing their job, so this is not a criticism upon a particular entity at all. It's just simply the way the statute is written. Uh, requires that law enforcement must make an arrest based on probable cause. We're looking to be able to include a language that 27 other states have that talk about a dominant aggressor, and it gives law enforcement the discretion to decide who is the more dominant aggressor in the case. And something like this would seem, uh, if they know this, would seem to discourage victims of domestic violence from even reporting it to law enforcement. Yeah, what we learned through this project, and I'm sorry, I had said it was issued in November. It was just issued in February. That was Mm -hmm. a different report. But basically what we learned is that a dual arrest can have a chilling effect upon a victim of domestic violence and their family and friends um, who are viewing them being unjustly arrested. They may never reach out to law enforcement again. We also found that the effect on children is very concerning because children are seeing the so-called non-offending parent being taken away and arrested, and that's disconcerting as well. And certainly the victims of domestic violence uh, frequently don't want anyone else to know about it, uh, law enforcement or anybody else, because uh, they 
for, for whatever reason, they're, they're ashamed when they have nothing to be ashamed of. They haven't done anything wrong. Yeah, there's all sorts of implications with this. It's just not good any way you look at it. You know, there's just what we know is that in 27 states across the country, they have this dominant aggressor mm-hmm. language, uh, meaning that law enforcement uh, shall arrest the dominant aggressor. And they have lower dual arrest rates, um, significantly lower dual arrest rates. Rhode Island, for example, is 2 to 5%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, we don't want this to happen. We don't want the arrest happening in the first place, not to mention the courts and what happens when you're a victim and you go to the, through the court system as a so-called offender. And uh, we hear so much about domestic violence and seems even more now. And then you add to it, although it is in some cases a different issue, sexual misconduct. We're hearing a lot about that now. Um, but as far as domestic violence goes, um, you've got something coming up or working on something for the spring uh, where you're going to be uh, having a discussion with employers. Yeah, so there really is an opportunity to uh, for employees to employers to have uh, strong policy in the workplace uh, for victims of domestic violence uh, around education, uh, educating the employees, um, offering resources, uh, linking uh, employees to help. Uh, because for so many victims of domestic violence, work may be the only place where they feel safe. It's a place where they're not being harassed or watched or uh, or or uh, abused in any way. And so the opportunity for employers uh, to play a role in uh, helping victims of domestic violence is significant. Also, when you look at lost work time uh, and such, you know, we know that domestic violence costs our country $8.3 billion a year in health and lost productivity. And so um, we're looking to convene em- employers in Connecticut uh, and and talk through you know policies that make sense. There's a lot of great examples. Bank of America, for example, uh, they'll actually and and they are and have been uh, not only uh, guaranteeing an employee uh, who is a victim of domestic violence uh, a job in another location, but also paying for their relocation. And uh, that's uh, that's great to hear, especially from a, a firm as big as Bank of America. Are there many other companies that you know of right now that are that are making uh, accommodations or policies uh, for domestic violence victims uh, who are employed by them? That's a great question. So I think when we were having this conversation recently at a press conference with Senator uh, Richard Blumenthal, what we know is that a lot of employers have more broad language around workplace violence, but there's nothing specific to family violence or domestic violence. And, you know, domestic violence, it's 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 a very unique form of violence. It's It, it can be very difficult for someone who is a victim uh, to uh, have their uh, intimate partner perhaps stalking them at work, calling work, showing up at work. Uh, and it's really important that employers have policies in place to support and help that person uh, and and even have the education in the workplace so that people know where to get help. And have, have the plans been finalized for this as yet? No, we're just working okay. right now on the final plans. We're looking to have a breakfast meeting with some mm-hmm. large employers in Connecticut uh, sometime this spring uh, and obviously highlight uh, organizations such as Bank of America and Cigna. Uh, who have strong workplace policy for victims of domestic violence and encourage other employers to follow suit. And uh, before you go, Karen, if uh, any advice for someone who may be listening who is the victim of domestic violence and really feels trapped, what can they do or what should they do? So um, the best uh, advice I can give is that for victims uh, to know that the help is available in Connecticut. It's 24-7 and 
Uh, they don't have to be in a crisis. They can simply call if they want to talk through a situation. Uh, there, uh, there is a, a hotline, 1-888-774-2900, 1-888-774-2900, or just go on our website, which is www.ctcadv.org, and that has a lot of information about signs of abuse, resources, uh, and, uh, and other things that can be very helpful. And uh, certainly uh, reaching out like that uh, is not a sign of weakness. It's actually, in many ways, a sign of strength. Absolutely. So know that you'll be speaking with a certified domestic violence counselor, and information is power. And and victims often uh, need options, and they need to feel empowered. And so um, that's the role of the advocate, to work with them and help them in terms of where they're at. All right, Karen, thank you very much for coming in today. Thank you so much. That is Karen Jarmok, who is the CEO of the Connecticut Coalition Against Domestic Violence. That's our program for this morning. I'm Bill Pierce. Join me again next Sunday. You've been listening to At Home in Connecticut, a public service project produced by WTIC News Talk 1080. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.